Good morning and welcome to the 7am Bible. This is Paul Chapman and this is episode number five. Well, we've done it. We've got through a week of episodes. I'm not sure how many more we can do. Uh, I'll do my best to keep on going. Uh, But uh, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, whether you're driving uh, on the road there or cycling, running, jogging, maybe you're at home still, getting breakfast ready, whatever you're doing, I hope you've enjoyed this meditation. Let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the beautiful night's rest you've given to us. We thank you for waking us refreshed to another day. We thank you for your love and mercy for giving us, dear Jesus, your Son, who has made all of the blessings of this life possible. And we just pray now for your Holy Spirit to guide us in the meditation of your word this morning. And we thank you and praise you in and through the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, if you just joined in for the first time this week, we've been going through the life of Jacob and we were looking at the early years. Yesterday, we looked at the birthday blessings. Who gets them? As I said yesterday, if it's your birthday, uh, you get them. And if it's not your birthday, guess what? You get them too. That's how God works. He blesses us, whether it's sunshine or rain, whether it's a good day or bad, the Lord pours his blessings out upon everybody. And we just have to open our hearts to receive them. And that's what I'm hoping that you'll do this morning. And I certainly have my heart open. So let's go. Um, We're going to look now, just rounding off this week's lesson, at um, Jacob's, I guess, the longing of his heart uh, for the spiritual birthright, which stands in contrast to his brother who was bound or was wrapped up in the material possessions of this world. I mean, he was wrapped up in a rough and tumble life, just out there having a great time, uh, living for the pleasures of the moment. And yet Jacob got caught up in the stories of his um, father and his grandfather, stories of these men actually communing directly with God. I mean, God talking to them and assuring them of the wonderful promise that was uh, to be given to all the world. Uh, And that was the promise of a saviour, that through their line, God's gift to humanity, the blessed son of God would come to this world as a man to pay the price for the sins of humanity. That's what was foretold in this wonderful promise that through all, uh, and we'll have a look at this very quickly. If you don't know that story, let me just touch on it here. The scripture says here in Hebrews 11, 8 to 10, by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed and he went out. Now notice this, and this is an amazing part of the story. He went out not knowing whither he went. That was the first step in, in the life of Abraham to be called as God's um, uh, God's uh, covenant uh, or the arrangement of the covenant with God. And Abraham was uh, predicated on the first step here of Abraham to respond to God's call. And he responded going out to a new country, a new place, away from his homeland, not knowing where he was going, just trusting in the Lord to lead him there. What an amazing faith that was. And so out he went. And it says uh, in verse 9 here, By faith he sojourned in the land of promise. The God had promised to him all of the land there of Canaan, and he dwelt in that land as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, because you remember uh, that Isaac uh, was his son, obviously, and Jacob being 15, I mean, Abraham was still around. Together they would have dwelt in tents and the heirs with him. These these men, Abraham, Isaac, oh, Isaac and Jacob, were the heirs with him of the same promise. 
for he looked, now notice this, he was dwelling in this strange land without a, so much as a, as a plot of land to grow some vegetables. And it says here, the reason was he looked for a city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. So this was an, a wonderful example here of someone who's putting their faith in the unseen. And that's the, the, the key thought here that uh, this morning is that, you know, we look, as Second Corinthians 4 verse 18 puts it, we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are, are not seen are eternal. And that's what we're looking at. We're looking at eternal things. So Abraham, keeping his focus on the things which were uh, not seen, on the eternal realities, received them by faith. He possessed them. He was fully persuaded that what God had promised he was able to perform. And he, and he exercised such wonderful faith, finally, in offering up Isaac, his son, to God, believing, Romans, uh, rather Hebrews 11 tells us, verses 18 and 19, that Abraham believed that God would raise him from the dead. Why, why did Abraham believe that? Because God had said that in Isaac shall your seed be called. That's an important thing here. Not just in Abraham's uh, name, but in Isaac's name, his seed would be called. So even though Abraham had been called to offer up Isaac as an offering to God, Abraham believed, no matter what happened, God would resurrect Isaac because in Isaac, the seed would be called. That's how sure he was of this promise. That's how sure he was of God's word. And so that's why it says, even in, in verse 6, Galatians 3, verse 6, even as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And do you know, some people wonder, well, you know, the gospel message, you know, do you know it was, uh, it, was that gospel message any different back in the Old Testament than it was in the New Testament? Well, do you know what? According to Galatians 6, it wasn't any different. It was captured in the promise given to Abraham when God said, look at this in Galatians 3 verses um, 8, and the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, in thee shall all nations be blessed. That's code word. Whenever you see that, in thee shall all nations be blessed, that is the phrase of the covenant made to Abraham. Whenever you read that in the New Testament or in the Old Testament, that's a reference to that covenant made to Abraham. The seed that would bless all nations, Galatians 3 verses 14 tells us, 14 to 16 tells us that seed is Jesus Christ. So that's the blessing that would come. And that's why it says in verse 25 and 26 of Galatians, but after that faith has come, we're no longer under a schoolmaster, for you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. So it's not just the Jewish descendants, those coming down directly through Abraham of the flesh, that are God's children. It is all those who are um, all those who have faith in Christ Jesus. These are counted as heirs of the promise. Again, it says, for as many of you as have been baptized, verse 27, for as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So, you know, that reminds me, you know, a child of faith is someone who puts on Christ. It, that's what happens 
when we exercise faith in Jesus, faith that claims the forgiveness of our sins, that claims the the new heart that he wants to give to us, that brings about a change in our life. That brings about joy, peace, and righteousness in our life. That's what that covenant promise does. That's the blessings of righteousness. Remember, we saw that yesterday. Blessed are they they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. That's what Jesus promises to us under this covenant, of that blessing. It reminds me of Paul's words, which we touched on in the previous episode. Paul's words um, should come home to us here. That is in Romans 13, verse 14, where he says, Put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. In other words, you can't be baptized into Christ unless you've put on Christ. And and how do you put on Christ? It's by faith, by faith in Jesus. That's how we put him on. It's by it's righteousness by faith, trusting in Christ for the forgiveness of sins and for the change of heart that he gives to us by his gospel power, by his everlasting grace. So yeah, that's why Paul says, Galatians 3, verses 25 to 29, that there's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither bond nor free, there's neither male nor female, uh, for you're all one in Christ Jesus. That is, by faith we've received Christ Jesus, we've, we've received his character by faith in him. And if you be Christ, Paul goes on to say here, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Isn't that beautiful? This, this is the gospel message that was given to Abraham in a nutshell there. The promises of God are like a seed. And you know that if you take an apple seed, and if you split the apple seed uh, down the, not along its uh, short side, but take it on the long edge, split it straight down the middle on the long edge of the apple seed, and let it open up, do you know what you'll see? You'll see a shoot, two leaves, a shoot, and a root. <laughs> You've actually got there the apple tree inside the seed. And that's how it is with God's promises. When you claim that promise, the tree is there in the seed. You've already got the tree. It's just going to be take some time to be realized for that tree to grow and for you to receive the fruits of it. But it's there already. It's yours. It belongs to you. And that's what God was trying to get through to Abraham. And it took him some time, but eventually he did. And, he's, and he got that through to Isaac. And somehow, some way, he's going to get this through to Jacob. That's the point here. You see, Jacob had heard these stories direct from his grandfather Abraham. And, uh, you know, after listening to these stories and, and to Isaac, listening to his father Isaac, you know, it was these men spoke directly with God. God spoke directly to them and the amazing experiences they had. He wanted nothing more than to receive those same promises from God, to have this communion with God. I want to share with you from... Patriarchs and Prophets, that's uh, by Ellen White, one of my favorite Christian authors here. She writes this, that to commune with God, as did righteous Abraham, to offer the sacrifice of atonement for his family, to be the progenitor of the chosen people and of the promised Messiah, and to inherit the immortal possessions embraced in the blessings of the covenant, here were the privileges and honors that kindled his most ardent desires. His mind was ever reaching forward to the future and seeking to grasp its unseen blessings. That's what this led to in Jacob's experience. 
he had he saw the privileges and the honors that um that were involved in being the inheritor of this spiritual birthright it's oh, it's just pretty amazing isn't it i mean esau had no idea what he was missing out on when he um and we'll find out later you know what happened with the esau and the birthright but you know esau just had no idea what he was uh, saying no to throughout his uh, growing up years but jacob just grabbed hold of these these uh, wonderful stories and they inspired him with an ardent desire um, we read further here in Patriarchs and Prophets, it says here that with secret longing, he listened to all that his father told concerning the spiritual birthright. But this is not the material side of it. Remember, we've learned already it was a double portion of his father's inheritance. So two thirds of the material possessions would go to the, to the firstborn. But Jacob wasn't concerned with that. I mean, that's not what he was wrapped up with. He was wrapped up in the spiritual birthright, which is, if you can imagine, this is worth far more than any measure of this earth's wealth. You know, the, the, the eternal son of God to be just the honor and the privilege that your line, that God would choose your line to send his only begotten son to be born through. That is a pretty amazing thing. And that just, you know, that was a wonderful privilege and with longing desire. It says here, day and night, the subject occupied Jacob's thoughts until it became the absorbing interest of his life. You see, Jacob was now bent on pursuing God. He craved the blessing of God. And shouldn't that inspire us today? David expressed it in this way, Psalm 42, verse 1. As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. Heart being the deer. The deer pants after the water brooks, so pants my soul after thee, O God. That was David's longing in pursuit of God. His heart was panting after, you know, so thirsting, thirsting for the water brooks of salvation. Oh, how is it with us, you know? Do you have that longing? If we do, how can we satisfy that longing? Well, we learned yesterday that Job had that longing and he found satisfaction in the word of God. He's esteemed, in fact, he writes there that he esteemed God's words more necessary than his daily food. And David tells us how that longing is satisfied and why God satisfies it. If we have a look here in Psalms 119, verse 11, David writes here, Thy word have I hid in mine heart. H-E-A-R-T in this case. Thy word have I hid in mine heart, that I might not sin against thee. That's the thing here. To hide God's word in our hearts, that we might not sin against him. Sin. What does it mean? Well, it comes from an old English word, sin, S-Y-N-N. And that is from an old Anglo-Saxon word, syngian, which itself comes from a Latin word, sons. And sons means, it is so, or indeed, I am guilty. So biblically, that word encompassed mankind's guilt because he has missed the mark morally. The middle letter captures the root idea behind the problem of sin, and that is the letter I. That's what it is. I, me, myself, my love of self, and my 
selfish expression of indulging you know, my own desires. I mean, that's what leads naturally, you know, we're all fallen. Naturally, we, we're inclined that way. You know, that's what leads to all the trouble in this world. You know, we've even popularized the narcissism of our age in the expression selfie, which is a, a photo taken of yourself by yourself <laughs> or, with, or with your friends. What I mean is it's taken by you of you. Generally speaking, that's a selfie. It seems relieving the poor, the widow and the orphan takes a back seat to the pursuit of pleasure, power and prestige. You know, Ellen White writes in Education, page 260, in the midst of this madding rush, you know, God is still speaking to us. He's speaking. She writes here, he bids us come apart and commune with him. That's what we need to do. Not just for a moment, but to actually sit down in his presence and commune with him. Solomon expressed it in this way in uh, songs, Song of Solomon, uh, chapter 2. Beautiful words here. As the apple tree among the trees of the wood, so is my beloved among the sons. I sat down under his shadow with great delight, and his fruit was sweet to my taste. You see, the Lord is a shade to the hot, weary traveller. And that's all he does. He invites you to sit down under his shadow. And his fruit will be sweet to your taste. Verse 4 says, He brought me to the banqueting house, and his banner over me was love. So the takeaway for me today is this. God is inviting you and me to come to the banqueting house every day. Take a break from the maddening rush of this world Come apart and rest a while. Spend time in the Word of God for yourself and let the Lord speak to you personally until He becomes the joy and rejoicing of your heart. That's all that Jacob wanted. It took him quite a few years to get there and he certainly made a lot of mistakes along the way and we're going to consider a few of those mistakes in our coming uh, episodes until eventually he came face-to-face with a crisis, and we'll find out more in the coming episodes on the life of Jacob. Let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you so much for your mercies to us. We thank you for this meditation this morning. We thank you for the wonderful covenant promises you've made to Abraham, the covenant blessings of Jesus Christ, of the forgiveness he offers us, of the new heart, that new life, and of the faith, Lord, that that you give to us to exercise in Jesus. So we claim Jesus for ourselves today. We claim the promise of forgiveness. We proclaim your grace to change your hearts and lives. To come in, Lord, we're panting after you as the heart is panting after the water brook. We're panting after you today, Lord, and we just pray that you'll hear our prayers, that your words will become the joy and rejoicing of our hearts, that we will feed upon your word until we hear you speaking personally with us and we can taste and see that you are indeed good. So bless us each one today. Keep us in your love and care. And we pray and thank you for all these mercies and ask you to forgive us and accept us now. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thanks for listening this morning. I trust you've gained a blessing. And wherever you are, whatever you're doing today, take care. God bless. Have a wonderful day. And I look forward to seeing you for our next episode of the 7am Bible.
would give his only son.